and welcome to Here's Johnny's Art Reviews, the movie review podcast that will guide you through a movie. Tonight, I'm doing my final Christmas special in a Christmas horror story. Now, here's what I wrote about this back in 2015 when I first rented it. So, I rented a Christmas horror story, thinking it would be a piece of shit, but I was surprisingly wrong. This has a good, bad movie feel to it, with a killer Santa versus killer Krampus. This is basically a how-to holiday horror. One, killer kids. Two, ghost hunting going wrong. Three, freaky old people. And finally, a killer Santa. Some great kills and good effects, but with some truly shocking CGI. However, this is a good time. Plus, it has a drunk William Shatner not giving a French fried fuck. (laughs) What more could I ask for? This is a 7 out of 10. Easy. Wow. So I was pretty high on this back in 2015. Thing is, it's been 7 years. Do I still feel the same? Let us find out. So deck that hall, stuff your stockings, and merry that Christmas. Here it is, a Christmas horror story. Cast, William Shatner, George Buzza. Rod Archer, Zoe de Grand Mason, Alex Orvez Myers, Shannon Nook, Adrian Holmes, and E.C. Peterson. Yeah, I've heard of most of this cast either, so hmm. Directed by Grant Harvey, Stephen Hoban, and Brett Sullivan. Multiple directors, multiple writers, that's never a good sign, but this one it works strangely. Hmm. The plot One Christmas Eve, a radio host plays Christmas songs as all hell breaks loose across town. From changelings to horny ghosts to a greedy family getting its comeuppance to a killer Santa versus Krampus fight. So yeah, this one is going to be some wild ride. Let's find out just how much Santa can slay tonight. So after the frosty studio logos and CGI snowflakes fall as It's Christmas Eve by Alex uh, Kovkin, I his name, plays. He does all the music for this thing, apparently, so we have that on. Two and a half minutes later, it opens up on a CGI North Pole, straight into Santa's workshop. Santa is played by George Abuzza. As he checks on his reindeer, he is smeared with blood as he turns to face his ultimate foe, Krampus, played by Rob Archer. So Santa arms himself with a bloodied axe, as the barn doors swing opened. Cut to 12 hours earlier. Yes, folks, this is an... I am... I wish you got the thing. I was going to say analog story. Uh, what's that one? It's multiple stories. Oh, who cares? <clears throat> as we meet radio DJ Dangerous Dan, played by the one and only William Shackner. He plays a drunk, who doesn't give a fuck, almost retired, cranky old man who just doesn't give a ras arse about the PC culture or the happy holiday shit. He says Merry Christmas and just relishes in the fact that he's pissing off people left, right and centre. I wonder if Shatner's actually aware the cameras are running here. I mean, he's basically knocking back Jack Dimes this entire fucking movie. I mean, mm. He drops there's a Christmas food drive held at, that afternoon down at the local mall. And the weatherman will be there to help out. And I love how Shatner is playing this guy barely conscience. I mean, he's knocking back uh, eggnog mixed with Jack Daniels as he's playing quote-unquote band Christmas songs. I just love this one. He's just 
Just like, oh, fuck. Here we find out the name of the town is Bailey Downs, which is the exact same town in Ginger Snaps. So there's a connection? Question mark? Hmm. Cut to story one. The Ghost Hunters. Well, technically it's story two, but eh. Here we meet Molly, played by Zoe de Grand Mason. Really love changing that name. Jesus. Ben, played by Alex Ozover Myers. Again, change that name. And Dylan, played by Shannon Nook. Seems they are wannabe YouTube ghost hunters and plan to spend the night in their private Catholic school. Seems years earlier, on Christmas night, a girl went nuts and killed dozens of people. Actually, an unknown entity went nuts, or an unknown person went nuts and killed dozens of people. Molly pulls up a tablet and plays a police evidence video of the massacre as the police do a walkthrough. Finding a blood smeared everywhere and bodies pinned to the wall. How in the fuck did she get this video? Who knows? Also in this video is police officer Scott, played by Adrian Holmes, as him and his unnamed partner find all the dead body and chaos and carnage. Uh, from the ceiling drops a gutted female body. With the video over, Molly and company break into the school. As you do, I mean, hmm. Up pulls Dylan's girlfriend, Caprice, played by Amy Forsyth. She hands them keys for the school and then drives off to be with her family. Handily, she has keys to the school, so how'd she get a hold of them? Who knows? I mean, uh Cut to story two. The greedy films, I'm going to call them. So, in the SUV is Taylor, played by Jeff Clark, his wife Diane, played by Michelle Nolden, and their son Declan, or Deccan rather, or Declan, or whatever, played by Percy Hines White, change that name. Mm. They're driving to Jeff's, actually, so, sorry, to Taylor's rich aunt Edna, played by Connie Conley, to con her into his latest get-rich-quick scheme. So, these are the family of Caprice, let's admit one clear, so, hmm. Her butler, Gerhard, or Gerhard, played by Julian Richings, has a none of it, as he just sneers at them as they pull into the uh, the driveway of this huge estate. On to story three of the Changeling. As the family argue, they drive past Officer Scott and his wife Kim, played by Un Un Unike uh, Ad Adelaide, I think I pronounced her name, if not, I'm sorry. And their son Will, played by Orion John. Seems they're trespassing on Big Earl's land, played by AC Pearson, in order to get the perfect Christmas tree. Deep in the woods they go to find the perfect tree. Seems Will is a sickly little kid and might be dying. This might be his last Christmas. Hence going out for a real tree. So, back to our fearless ghost hunters. Once mixed up by Ben, Molly tells the story of the school as Dylan records it on his handy dandy camera. Seems the previous Christmas, two students were brutally killed by an unknown person who is still at large. Hmm. The school, however, isn't empty as the principal, played by Demir Andre, is wandering the halls, checking to make sure no one is in the school. He's on his cell phone talking about how things are getting creepy around this place and it's quite sinister and he's scared to get out of there, so he knows something's up. 
spooked, our fearless ghost hunters run to the basement, which locks itself behind them to hide from the principal. Back to the greedy family, they pull up to Aunt Edna's huge estate as Gerhard just sneers at them while chopping wood. Inside, the aunt treats them with disdain as Taylor tries to spin his latest bullshit story. Duncan is playing with a wooden statue of Krampus, which the aunt screams I'm not to touch, as Caprice is playing with a silver lighter, which she pockets. Duncan, meanwhile, drops and breaks the Krampus statue, as Diana knocks back a brandy, because of course she's a rich bitch, so hmm. In walks Gerhard to warn the family of Krampus, an anti-Santa that hunts down the naughty and kills him. Okay then, is this the first time Hollywood ever dealt with Krampus? Hmm. On seeing the broken Krampus, the aunt throws the family out. Back to Santa's workshop we go to see the elves getting ready for the big night or day. As the head elf screams out orders on a megaphone to the other panicking elves. Up in his office, Santa is getting his suit altered by Sparkles, played by Katrina Rothery. As Jingles, played by Joe Slavago, tells Santa there's a Christmas blizzard heading their way and it's a particularly nasty one. Another elf, Shiny, played by Ken Hall, starts to cough and seems sickly and walks Mrs. Claus, a.k.a. Martha, or Martha, if you get whatever, played by Deborah McCabe, to give the elves a ten-minute break with a plate full of Christmas cookies. Shiny goes completely bugged at insane and chops his hand with an axe and then calls Mrs. Claus a reindeer whore. I love that one. He then sprays blood all over the elves before falling over dead, which according to Santa is impossible as elves are immortal like him. Back to Officer Scott and family, they have their ill-gotten tree as they drag it back to their SUV. Will wanders off as he hears whisperings in the woods. His parents hunt him down but Will is drawn deeper into the woods as the whispers are getting louder. Minutes later, they find him in a hollowed out tree. He doesn't say a word as his dad yells at him for running off. With that, they take the tree and leave as Big Earl watches on. Back to our fearless ghost hunters, who are wandering in the dark underbelly of the school alone. They find all the school's records. Okay, and why do we in a locked off section of the school? Nobody goes down to, that's weird. Molly drops this was an old nunnery, uh, where in the basement they kept all the unwed pregnant girls. When they gave birth, the church would take the babies and let the girls go back to their life free from childhood or motherhood, rather. Okay then. Molly then continues that in the 70s, a virgin girl who was with child, our very own Virgin Mary, if you will, um... But nobody believed her story that she was visited by an angel and she was give, she was impregnated by the angel. So she dies giving birth to the baby who also dies. This is when nunnery was closed down and the basement has been sealed off ever since. But why the fuck's are records in it? Oh, moving on. Deeper in the dark they go as doors slam shut behind them. Hello loves, get the fuck out of there. I mean, hmm. They find every single door unlocked. So explore rooms alone. 
each person taking a different room. What is a Scooby fucking do? Never split up, you fucking idiots. Molly finds a room where Officer Scott found the two dead students, so she grabs the boys and continues in. Ben wanders off for some reason, as the ghost of the quote Virgin Mary stalks him from the darkness. Ooh, ah. Back to the greedy family, driving back home in the cold winter's night. Taylor shouts at his family for getting him kicked out under five minutes. This was his last chance to get money from this old bat. As his wife defends her little darling for breaking the Krampus statue. She then has a go at Taylor for trying to con his aunt out of his latest get-rich pyramid scheme. Out of nowhere runs a Krampus demon. So Taylor swerves to avoid it, drives into a snowbank and is stuck. So now stuck, the family have no choice but to walk back to the aunt's estate. Meanwhile, back with our ghost hunters, Molly tells the camera in great detail of the killings of the two students unnamed but of course ben points out on the wall written in blood is until us a child is born uh, onto us rather a child is born onto us a son is given but it's barely uh, readable this along with the slamming doors doesn't spark i don't know panic oh my god they deserve what they get honest to god the fucking idiots with that, they try to leave the basement, but uh, none of the keys will open the lock. They are trapped with no cell signal, because of course this is a fucking modern horror film, and the cell phones are useless. Surprise the bloody torch parties and they flick out constantly. <laughs> anyway, cut to Officer Scott's house. Quote, Will still hasn't said a word as Scott is decorating the Christmas tree over dinner. Quote, Will stuffs his face with food with great glee. Officer Scott tries to get him to stop, but this pisses off Will, so he grabs a fork and stabs his dad in the hand with it. You kidding? Kim tries to talk to Will, but all he does is shovel food into his face, ignoring her, so she sends him to his room. As back to a now drunk, dangerous Dan, as he talks about the two killed teenagers. Uh, in the private Catholic school, we're reading a Christmas card from the Greedy family. Seems he's the Greedy family's uh, grandfather. Hmm. Meanwhile, back in the North Pole, Santa's elves have turned into zombies as a workshop lays in ruins. Santa tries to warn Mrs. Claus, but she's having none of it as he sharpens his Christmas staff. Kidding. Suddenly, Shiny smashes through the locked office door. With a Christmas tree, oh dear God, of course, singing, or rather, singing, saying, here, shiny, oh God, because it's the law, someone must break through a door, and they must do a shining reference, because of course they do. Santa quickly killed Shiny by scalping him, he then throws another one through a window to its death, about ten feet below. As the snow falls, our fearless ghost hunters start to panic in the dark underbelly of the school. All the windows have bars on them and all the doors are now locked. They are completely fucked. Dylan finds an open storage room and for a brief second as the camera pans, he sees our Virgin Mary and finds out she is actually called Grace, played by Jessica Clement. However, when he looks up from the viewfinder, she's gone. 
Molly drops. The storeroom has a nativity scene, uh, which is now banned because it's quote the war on Christmas is happening all throughout the world. Okay then, Dylan freaks out that even though the boiler is on, the heating will not go through the pipes as he bangs the pipe with this shepherd staff he took from a wise man. Because uh, okay then, Ben then breaks down his Christmas Eve tradition of watching a sound of music while eating pizza and drinking champagne. Okay then. He then complains he's hungry, so Dylan hands out candy canes right in. Ben continues what if the killer comes back then that night to take these three out after all no one knows they're under school underbelly. Dylan throws out he thinks it's the principal who's done it because the principal's acting freaky and dicky and weird all month. He then leaves to take a piss, taking the shepherd's staff with him, leaving Ben and Molly all alone. From his sound equipment, Ben picks up weird Christmas music faintly being played down the hallway. Meanwhile, in the toilet, Dylan can't shake the feeling he's being watched. Molly screams as in the darkness, our Virgin Mary shows her bloody face. Okay then. She is then possessed by Grace. Dylan hears her scream, so runs to find Molly on the floor, having a fit as Ben trying to help her. Okay then, things are getting freaky dicky. Back to Officer Scott's house as Kim showers, quote, Will watches her from the corner. Okay then, creepy much. She throws him out and then tells Scott, quote, sorry, tells Scott Will hasn't taken his inhaler all day. She's worried she wants to take him to the doctor, but Scott says no, he'll be fine, it's Christmas Eve, it'll cost a fortune. So this starts a fight as Will listens in from his room with a smile on his face. With that, Scott storms off to have a beer while listening to some weird Christmas jazz music, as you do. As from the darkness, Will sneaks up on him. Cut to Kim asleep in a bed. As she sleeps, quote, Will messes with her. Okay then, spooked from her sleep. She checks on, quote, Will, who's sound asleep in his bed. As the window reflects back, sorry, she closes the window because it's wide open. As the window reflects back, he isn't human, he's a changeling. Back to the greedy family, now lost in the cold, dark woods. They're being stalked by Krampus. Taylor is then hit by Krampus's hooked chain and dragged into the woods. He is hurt bad as he's bleeding out from the huge cut on his side. So Duncan decides to hunt the demon all alone. He's quickly dragged into the woods by Krampus and never seen again. Diana and Caprice run to where Duncan was, but he's long gone. The road flare then goes out, so they're now in the dark, running for their lives. As back to Santa, he's killed elves left, right and centre. Now he has to find Mrs. Claus, as in an elevator, he kills three more elves as they viciously attack him. So, now in the storage depot, Santa finds Mrs. Claus hiding in the dark. Cut back to Dangerous Dan! He is now completely fucking wasted on the holiday spirit. Or Christmas spirit even. Hmm. Not listening to his off-camera producer, Susan, telling him not to play various songs. He tries to call the better man, but all he gets back is static feedback. Okay then, things are a muck. I miss even. Cut to Officer Scott, asleep on the sofa. 
He then wakes up to find all the crystal's presents under the tree opened and smashed to pieces. Quote, Will is hiding in his room, so he beats him with his belt. Kim tries to stop it, but she's knocked to the floor, so she throws him out of the house. Scott, that is. As in the kitchen, Scott just pours himself a double scotch and knocks it back. Kim answers the phone to Big Earl, who warns her, quote, Will is not human, and she's to return it to the woods before it's too late. She hangs up. As back in the dark basement of the school, hours later, Molly is now fully possessed. As all three are asleep on the floor, Karen, Molly wakens up Dylan, then takes him off to the room where the teens were found brutally murdered the previous year. She hits on him outrageously, but he rejects her, so she kills him. Back to Officer Scott. He's now drunk, looking over crime scene photos of the teens' killings. Out of the shadows, Will is lurking. As Kim looks up changelings on Google's on Google rather, fighting for his life, Scott is quickly killed as Kim hears glass breaking. She finds quote Will hiding in the Christmas tree next to a strangled dead body of Scott. As he has his hand cut off, she then runs to get a baseball bat. Back to the greedy family. Caprice is lost in a wood running. But handily, within seconds, she finds an old church who decides to hide inside. Krampus can't enter, right? Hmm. All three take shelter, however, Diana doesn't listen to Caprice's warnings of Krampus. She wants to find Duncan, who is long dead. Out of nowhere, Taylor wants to confess his sins. So he tells Diana he's bankrupt and is running a pyramid scheme to get money for her to keep her in the lifestyle she's accustomed to. Caprice then tells her parents she shoplifts and steals things all the time. She's a kleptomaniac. She then tells her mother Duncan is a wannabe serial killer as he's practicing on the family pets, hence why they've had dozens of pets over the past two years. He's killing them all and skinning them. After her confession of everything, Diana to Diana um, Krampus's hooked chain pulls, uh, what's his name, uh, Taylor out the window and he's dead. So Diana and Caprice hide in a confessional to wait the night out. It's not good however, Krampus smashes through the church doors and licks Caprice's leg with his extremely long disgusting tongue. So Diana fights him off with a poker as Caprice runs for her life. Back in the school, Molly awakens Ben then mounts him, reaching around for his dick, and writes him. Both lose their V-card. Once she's finished, she pulls off Ben, then suddenly starts to scream, RAPE! Okay then. Ben hears a ghostly scream, so checks out the room with Dylan in it. Cut back to Kim, as she calls Big Earl for help. So, he tells her to bring back, quote, Will to the woods before sunrise, or it'll be too late to save the real Will. He warns her it's psychic and can read her mind, so trying to think of the woods, or it will kill her on the spot. Okay then. So with bat in hand, she hunts down Will. She finds it eating Will, uh, Scott's hand, so she hits it in the head with a baseball bat as there's a little scuffle in a fight. She then brains it multiple times with a baseball bat as knocks it out cold. Back to Santa. 
He's hunting for Mrs. Claus. He's attacked in the mill room by half a dozen crazed elves. But he quickly deals with them, beheading them all with his Christmas stuff. Okay then. Cut to Dangerous Dan, reporting that someone is running amok at the mall, killing people left and right. No matter however, he has another swig from the bottle and another Christmas song is played on radio as he doesn't give a fuck. Now, deep in the woods, Kim is dragging a, a bag with the body of the changing inside of it. She drags it deep into the woods. Big Earl gives her back will and tells her to leave immediately. So she shoots Big Girl by mistake as there is hundreds of changelings around her and she spooked and panics, leaving the changelings to eat his dead body. Okay then. Back in the school, Ben finds Dylan's dead body with a crucifix stuck in his eye. As Molly walks past the first aid room, she sees the ghost of Grace dying, giving birth to her child who also dies as two numbs hush her away. So from the dark hall, they hear a baby crying as Ben slams the door shut. Molly looks on the wall as the Bible quote is now written in fresh blood. Out of thin air, Grace just wanders up to her and forces her baby into her stomach. Ben screams at her. This was her plan all along. Another baby cries as Grace basically just forces her dead body into Molly. She then pins Ben to the wall and snaps his neck. With that, Molly is free to go. She just walks home in a daze. Back to Caprice. She made it back to her great aunt's house, but it's locked up with a cross stuck to the door and the old bat won't let her back in. Caprice is then screaming for help as Krampus is not far behind her. Krampus goes in for a kill, but Caprice manages to stab it in the neck with a tree branch. Hmm. She then douses it with gasoline from the chainsaw and sets it alight using the silver lighter she stole earlier. As it dies, it turns back into Gerhard and it just cuts um, to the dead Krampus as Edna lets in her grandniece. Okay then, back to Gingerish Dan. He's now warning people to stay away from the mall. There's a killer on the loose and they don't care who they chop up. As back in the North Pole, Santa has killed all the elves and finally found a now zombified Mrs. Claus in a storeroom. He quickly kills her as he returns back to the reindeer, where he fights Krampus hand to hand. This is the start of the movie, folks. It's a drag-out smackdown that WWE would be proud of. Krampus gets his licks in, but it's no good. Santa beats him down and goes in for the kill. He's then stopped by someone saying, Norman, stop! Surprise! Santa is storming Norman, the one man from the radio. He went completely insane after Dangerous Dan will not shut the fuck out about Christmas. Is that how that one works? And all the zombies he attacked and beheaded left right and centre were actually people working for them all. Now the police show up and gun him down as he goes to chop coat Kramazzi's head off. Dangerous Dan then reports them all attack with tears in his eyes, desperately trying to keep Christmas traditions alive as credits roll. So that was a Christmas horror story. First up, Shanna is great in this as a 
drunk DJ trying desperately to keep this Christmas spirit alive even as chaos is falling around his ears and his fucking world is crashing down. The stories are all fucked up in a good way. I like the Changeling one, I like the Ghost Hunting one, I love the Santa one, but I thought the Grey Fallow one was weak. Oh, but I, I should say, Caprice, the grand niece, once she's inside the house with the uh, the greedy old aunt, turns her to Krampus because she realises the aunt set them up because she knew Gerhard was Krampus or some shit like that, so, kidding. Anyway, back to this ending thing. The effects were practical, gory, bloody, and mean-spirited, and I loved it turns Christmas on its fucking head. So I'm going to give this thing a 7 out of 10. So I'll come back next week for my last podcast of This Is The End. Now, don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe, and follow me if you want on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. A bye, and happy horror slays, and a happier new fear.